0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the greater one. I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No place to grow slack. I gotta keep resting on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed and my faith grows stronger and I learn how to be an overcomer. Praise God. I'm overcoming everything that's in my way today. How about you? Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. God has made you that. That is, if you will... Your spiritual DNA, your spiritual makeup, everything about the new creation that God has made you to be is made to win, made to overcome. And if you hadn't felt that way, it's because you hadn't been watching the right things. You hadn't been listening to the right things, hadn't been speaking the right things. The world is full of bad news, but God has some good news. And that's what we focus on in here. Get your Bible, your good news book, and something to make a note with, and find out what God's good word, good report to you today is. Father, thank you. Uh, all of us agree together. We join together in faith, asking you for the utterance, the guidance, the direction, the answers and help for today. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look please again in John the 5th chapter at our 15th uh, individual case of healing that we're studying in the ministry of Jesus. 15 of our 20 that we're looking at. It's the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda. In verse 1, John 5, 1, said after this there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. There is at Jerusalem... By the sheep, margin says gate, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude. Now, a multitude was a lot of people. A great multitude was even bigger, even more. A lot of people of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. And there are millions of believers today waiting for something special to happen at God's initiation. And he does do special things, but signs and wonders only affect a few. When uh, faith uh, can be a way of receiving for everybody. Hallelujah. It said an angel would go down at a certain season into the pool and trouble the water, whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease that he had. We talked about this some on yesterday's broadcast, how that angels are God's messengers, his ministering servants, and how they are involved in numerous things in God's affairs, in our lives. We read in Hebrews 1 that all the angels are ministering spirits sent to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation. That's us. That's us. We're the heirs of salvation. Are they sent to minister for us? The Bible says they are. And then also they minister to us. These are different things. Uh, Some say, well, how would they minister for us? Well, the psalm says that they hearken to the voice of His Word. And you would expect that. Well, yeah, they they do what God tells them to do. Yeah, but you can put God's Word in your mouth. (laughs) Come on, here, you all with me? You can put God's Word in your mouth and that affects them. Remember the scripture said that he he gives his angels charge over us, and they'll bear us up in their hands, lest we dash our foot against a stone, and that they will uh, they do encamp round about us, and they keep us in all our ways. Now that's something I act on on a regular basis because to me that covers a lot of ground, right? all our ways. And so I, I remind myself of that and I speak that over us every time we travel. They, they've they been given charge. I say it out loud. Ministering spirits, you've been charged concerning me. Now see, can you see, I got the word of God. They hearken to his word, but it's coming out of my mind <laughs> concerning me. Ministering spirits, you've been given charge concerning me to keep me In all my ways. So go, prepare the way before me, behind me, above me, beneath me, all round about me. You do keep me in all my ways. And uh, I'm I'm confident that many things that the enemy would have done against us have not happened because of the Lord keeping us uh, through his angels. And you know, the Lord said this too about little children on uh, one occasion, he said uh, their angel does always behold the face of my Father. Their angel. So apparently, angels are assigned to people. Their angel. And one individual uh, shared some years ago, well, it was Brother Kenneth Hagan Sr. shared that he, he saw an angel and was surprised about it and also saw the Lord and, and asked him, who is that fellow? He said he was big, tall, and he said, who is that? He said, the Lord said, that's your angel. He said, my angel? He said, yeah. He said, you didn't think you lost your angel just because you grew up, did you? Well, so we got no reason to assume that we would. A lot of people need them more now than when they were small. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have angels assigned to us to minister both for us and to us. And God had this, this angel that would go down ever so often. Nobody knew. The people didn't know. But then he would stir the water. And there was something in the water <laughs> when he was there. He's in the water, but then there's healing in the water. There is miracle working power. And the first one in Got healed, didn't make any difference what it was, how incurable, how impossible it was. They were immediately, instantly, completely healed. And this is a sign of God's presence and healing. In Daniel, we stopped off yesterday talking about this how that he had an experience uh, where a spiritual experience, uh, where a messenger was sent to him, and it was so powerful. He just fell on his face like somebody dead and he, he couldn't even speak. And, and the angel touched his mouth, his lips, and then he was able to, to speak. So obviously from a touch, uh, from a ministering spirit, strength can come. We saw that with Jesus that after the 40 days and night temptation, angels came and ministered to him. Well, they, they didn't make him weaker. They made him stronger. They helped him. And even when Jesus was in the garden, you know, praying, and uh, uh, it, it was that occasion that, you know, blood uh, was coming out of his pores because of the duress and, and the pressure. The, the scriptures said there appeared an angel beside him, ministered to him, strengthening him. Everybody say strengthening. Stre- strengthening him. And that's what happened with Daniel. Then he said, I don't have any strength. How can the servant of this my Lord talk to my Lord? This is Daniel ten seventeen. He said, For as me, there remain no strength in me. There's no breath in me. And then there came and touched him, he said, touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and strengthened me, and said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you. Listen to this. Be strong, yes, be strong. And when he had spoken to me, I was strengthened. Hallelujah. And said, let my Lord speak, for you've strengthened me. Now he could get up. Now he could stand up. Now he could hear and receive and everything. The experience and the glory was so powerful. Uh, These uh, mortal bodies can't handle much yet. But the Lord's going to change them. Hallelujah. And they're going to be glorified. But you notice both in the touch from the angel, there was strengthening. And then when the angel spoke to him, be strong, immediately he was strengthened and quickened. And so something of this was happening when the angel would go down to the pool and stir it. Then whoever got in... uh, the angel touched them or spoke to them, and it didn't matter what was wrong with them; they were healed. That's a that's a comforting thought, isn't it? That God's power is so great; it doesn't matter what's wrong with you, right? It doesn't matter how incurable, how terminal, how far advanced. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. When you talk about the power of God. When people talk about, well, you know, it'd be easy to get healed of a headache, but not from a terminal disease. Well, you can't do either one. So we're not talking about what you can do. We're not even talking about what the best medical science can do. This is healing by divine power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Divine healing. Healing by the power of God. And with God, nothing. Oh, somebody say Nothing. Nothing. Is too hard. Nothing is impossible, and nothing's impossible for those that believe to receive. You can receive. Say it out loud I can, receive, I can receive. Anything I receive anything I need to receive, and God can do, God can do anything. anything. <laughs> See, he, he can do anything, and by faith, I can receive anything that I need to receive and don't believe anything otherwise. Go back to the passage in John five here. It said there was a certain man there in verse five that had this infirmity. And again, that word's very similar to the word translated impotent, this word infirmity. It just means without strength, without strength. And he'd been this way for 30 and eight years. Thank God for for strength. The scripture said in Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might he increases strength. And there are all kind of conditions uh, that affect the body. They don't make the body strong. Disease never makes you strong. Sickness never makes you strong. It makes you weak. And if something's uh, significant enough is wrong. Maybe your legs too weak to carry you anymore. Your arms too weak to do what you need to do, to eat or comb your hair whatever. Uh, that's never, ever the will of God. Uh, weakness is not in God. God's not weak. <laughs> he doesn't create weak things. No, weakness is the result of the curse, sin, the enemy's work, all that stuff. Uh, Even aging, you know, all of that was never God's original plan. And thank God, the strong one is in us. The greater one is in us. And Romans says, if the spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. Would that make you strong? Would that that give you some strength? Oh, you know it. You know it. And in this life, we won't receive the full thing of immortality, but we get uh, first fruits of it. We get uh, a foretaste of it, and that is a little bit of resurrection power quickening this mortal body, strengthening us so that we can live our life and run our race and, and finish our course without uh, weakness, without restriction, disability. So, uh, said out loud, God gives power, God gives power to the faint. To the faint. He, increases strength he increases strength to them that have no might. To them that have no See, might. He, he is the God of might. He is the mighty God and He's not stingy. With his power. He's not, he's not selfish with all that might and power. He shares it. He gives it. So go ahead and take some. Receive some. Say it out loud. I receive, I receive strength, strength in, my spirit, in my spirit, in my mind, in my, mind, in my soul, in my, soul in, my body. in my body. I receive, I receive strength. strength. Hallelujah. Didn't It's good just every once in a while to say, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm strong in the Lord. I'm strong in the Lord. It's got nothing to do with how you feel. You declare it, you decree it, and then feelings will change. He said a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and eight years. For at least part of that time, he's been among those waiting as well, waiting for the special thing, waiting for the special thing. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, "Will you be made whole?" Now that is uh, that's an interesting thing to say, isn't it? Will you be made whole? Because uh, you know you you would think that's that's unnecessary to say. (laughs) Uh, Do you do you want to be? Made whole, but that's not exactly what he asked him. Will you? Will you? You know, uh, we in our in our first uh, individual case of healing, the healing of the leper, we saw this in Mark one and forty. The leper came to him, and he knelt down to him, and he said, "If you will, you can make me clean." And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. You'll find that this word here, will you be made whole, is not just do you want to be, do you desire to be. It'd be unnecessary to ask that question. But it is necessary to ask, are you purposed to be? Are you determined to be? Have you set your will to be? Come on, can you see that? Because he asked others that same thing. You know, the uh, the man that was born, excuse me, a blind Bartimaeus is what I'm thinking about now. In Mark 10, Jesus asked him, he said, what will you that I should do for you? On another occasion, uh, two individuals came and crying out, Lord, have mercy on us. And he said, what do you want me to do? What what will you? Why does he keep asking this question? Isn't it obvious? If they're coming asking for mercy, they want to be healed. But that's not the same as setting your will to be healed. Are you all with me, class? Will you be made whole? Because there is adversity in this world. And if you uh, are not determined, the enemy will see to it that enough comes your way to discourage you, yes. to get you to back off, to get you to give up, to get you to quit. And our will is such a big factor in all these things. Do you remember there were times when Jesus, like the, who was it? The, uh, the Syrophoenician woman, I think it was. Yeah. That he said to her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto you, even as you will. On this occasion, even as you will. Now we know she had great faith, but that was connected with her will. Now it's not enough to just say, I'm going to will myself to be healed. That's not enough. Uh, that's will alone is not faith. But you've got to set your will in agreement with God's will. Can you see that? Yes, and, and you've got to make up your mind, if the Lord wants me to have this, if it's His will, then I will <laughs> have it. Come on, class Are y'all, awake? This is significant. This is important. What is the Lord wanting to hear? From this man? What's he wanting to hear from these other people that he, keep ask, he keeps asking? They're obviously like the blind man, like the other people. They're obviously got a big physical problem and they're coming pleading for help. And he says, What do you want me to do? What wilt thou? Why would he ask that? He needs to hear something from them. Yeah. Come on, can you see that? Yeah. We're not just, you know, begging. Begging is not believing. You got to go beyond begging to get things from God. He doesn't want you to beg. beg. God has no pleasure in seeing us grovel. He's too secure (laughs) to need that. Come on, here with me? (laughs) He doesn't need people to grovel around and beg him to make him feel big. He was big before you ever got here. Right? <laughs> no he didn't want that he wants to see confidence he wants to see you making a decision and staying with it right he wants you choosing his will and your will and his will coming into alignment hallelujah Amen. so he asked the man he says uh will you be made whole? That, that word, that same word translated will here is all trans, also translated intending or determined. Same word in the, in the King James Bible. Are, are you intending to be healed? Are you determined to be healed? Do you will to be healed? Different from desire. Now how, how's the man's answer? What's How's he do on (laughs) this? I hear the question. (laughs) Will you be made whole? And the impotent man, See, it brings it up again. That's the third time a form of this word has been used. The weak man, the man with no strength, says, Sir, I have no man. When the water's troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. How how is that? Is that is that strong faith or, huh? No, it's not. It's just it's just his experience. But there's no confidence here. said so that. Did you hear that phrase? I have no man. What does that mean? I have no man. This is prevalent that people decide I don't have the help I need. Nobody will help me. So that means I can't have it. I can't get it. That's a lie of the enemy. I said it's a lie of the enemy. You know the Lord told Joshua, I like this phrase, he said and you got to remember Joshua is coming behind Moses the greatest, most amazing leader their people have ever had. And now Moses is gone, and now he's leading, and he's facing the giants and all the stuff that's still there and got to be done for God's people to possess their inheritance. And the Lord says to him, I'll be with you like I was with Moses, and no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Hallelujah. Don't you like that? Yeah. I like that. If God is with you, who can successfully be against you? And who else do you need? Right? Do you, are you really shut out, kept out because somebody hasn't noticed you or hasn't decided to devote their resources and help to you? No, see this is a trick of the enemy. I said, this is the trick of the enemy. To think, well, I can't I can't get it. Because I don't have a person to help me. I don't he said, sir, I, I don't I have no man. I don't have anybody. And you can see where he's coming from because when the water splashed, somebody yells, it's moving, it's moving. And, and everybody moves and he is in a, such a weakened condition, it takes him too long to get to the pool. And by the time he gets to the edge, he already hears splash, splash. And so if he can't get himself there, he needs help. <laughs> he needs help. And he doesn't have it. Nobody has committed to stay out there with him day after day after day, waiting on the moving of the water. Now, don't just let this go by you. There are people everywhere. They're thinking, you know, well, my parents won't give me what I need. Well, the school won't give me what I need. Well, the government won't give me what I need. My department, my supervisor won't give me what I need. You got your eyes too low. You got your eyes on people. And you're thinking, well, they're limiting me. No, you're limiting you. You're limiting you, not them. Well, my, my husband won't give me everything. or well, my wife won't give me. Uh, who said they're El Shaddai? <laughs> right? Who said they are the source? Come on, get your eyes up. Get your eyes off. And what happened is he thought, He needed a person that was not available and nobody was around. And next thing you know, Jesus says, rise, get up, take your mat and go. Jesus becomes his man. Oh, somebody say glory to God. That'll preach, won't it? Jesus becomes the man he thought he needed and didn't have. Jesus, because, because the Bible says they're just one God. And just one mediator between God and men it is the man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ Jesus. He's the only man you need. Hallelujah. He's the only man you need to get your miracle to get your provision to get the promotion to get what you need. Get your eyes off those people. Quit pressuring them. Quit bugging them. Quit being mad at them. Just messes up your day. Look on up. Get, look up higher. Look over their heads. Look up high, Go over their heads. And look to God. And he may do it in a completely different way than you ever imagined it would. But you'll be happier with that anyway. Say it out loud. God is my source. Is my source. Not, man. not man. And Jesus is, and Jesus is the man. The man. That helps me. That helps. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! 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 Well, our time's up again today. Join us again tomorrow. We're, as you see, we're not done. We we see in good things in every one of these verses. Come back soon. We'll see you here in Faith School. I've got victory, living inside Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today.